GameZillaMedia.com. It's time for the last action podcast. Pop quiz, hot shot. Hey, motherfucker. I feel the need. The need for speed. Kill it. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Come with me if you want to live. Welcome to the 200th episode of the Last Action Podcast. I am LPJ, and I am joined by a man who I once saw bite the neck out of a live vulture. Hovercraft Joe. <laughs> you know, that's probably the nicest uh, intro you could me in a long time, so I guess I'll take it. Yeah, you were really into it. It was very strange. It was right after you started that snake cult. I wasn't really down with that, but the biting the neck out of the vulture thing was pretty sweet. <laughs> well, you know. I don't buy that for a second, because snakes are a lot like tentacles. <laughs> <laughs> you would have been into it. All right, well, well the tush is here. I don't know if you caught that or not. <laughs> <laughs> no no interesting uh related to the movie uh intro for dave i mean tush well i mean i just i mean i just got off of the the uh wheel of pain and boy are my arms tired <laughs> uh, uh lpj lpj just came from a snake-based orgy so i did it was crazy. serving human head soup or human yeah. body part soup it's very strange it's been a weird weekend you know i i don't i don't tell you um <laughs> So this is, of course, the, the 200th episode. We finally made it. We've been building up to it for the past, I don't know, 199 episodes. And uh, <laughs> here we are now at 200. Um, I, we started kind of talking about and planning this episode. Not that we have a huge amount of things planned, but we do have a few extra things planned. But we started talking about this, like, I don't know, three months ago. And it just feels like it got here very quickly. I don't know how you feel yeah. about that. No, I, I, I agree with you because we kind of like the whole summer, you know, as this comes out, we're, we're kind of getting toward the end of summer. And I feel like we kind of barreled through with a couple theme months and then now we're here. And uh, it, it, it's kind of funny because we're here. Uh, I mean, obviously, we always introduce it like people don't know, but it's like they click on the they click on it and they see what movie it is. Yeah, right, right, right. But uh, so we're here to talk about Conan the Barbarian um, and, and like. And I kind of, well, we should mention the 1982 one, not like the one they made in like 2011. I never saw that one. Anyways, um, but kind of it just in happenstance, it worked out like how and when we're recording this that like we had talked about having Tush on for this episode. I don't know, since the moment we mentioned doing it, like before we even planned on doing it and he wasn't going to be able to be on it, but then we shifted some things around, and now he's here. So um, I'm glad you're here for this movie, Tush. I'm glad you're here for episode 200. I certainly am, too, because, I mean, basically, I feel like definitely on the first time I guessed it, afterwards, I'm like, hey, we should do Conan the Barbarian. And even before I ever guessed it, I'm like, hey, I'll come on and do Conan the Barbarian. <laughs> because, and I definitely think it fits into your kind of off-and-on theme of underrated action movies, because, like, Every t- like we've done lists like, oh, what's the best Schwarzenegger movie? And I always say my favorite is Conan the Barbarian. Most people are like, really? I and mean, it's surprising when people haven't seen it. But it's you know, it's his first true starring role. I mean, he had been in Hercules in New York and some other things like that. But this is the movie that made him a star. Uh, I can say as we kind of roll into our like 
thoughts on this or you know background with this movie this is my first time ever watching it so uh i never seen it before uh obviously i'm familiar with the character um but i never seen this i didn't really i mean i i'm familiar with the character but i've never read any of the books any of the comics anything like that i did see call the conqueror so i don't know if that helps <laughs> at all it does a little bit because the origin of conan is the publisher who Robert E. Howard was submitting stories to, didn't really like his Call the Conqueror stories that much. So he's like, okay, and he just reworked one and says, here, here's Conan the Barbarian. He's like, hey, I like these. So Call the Conqueror basically died so Conan the Barbarian could live. But I did read somewhere, and, and we'll get to your guys' background here, but I did say, did read in like that mountain of notes that they said that like the background of Conan in this movie is actually more aligned with the background of like Call the Conqueror. It is. Like, it, mm-hmm. The, the thing about Conan is he really has no background right. in the short stories. That's one of the kind of the essential... So the fact that this is an origin story or revenge story isn't necessarily true to the character. You could say Destro- Conan the Destroyer is more true to the character. However, this is the better of the two movies, you know? Um, well, Also, uh... I'm sorry, just also um, Call the Conqueror with Kevin Sorbo originally began its life as a Conan sequel, but Arnold was like, nah. <laughs> oh. I re- we, we, now, that's a movie we saw in theaters. We uh, definitely OBJ. did. Call, we call absolutely saw it in theaters. We're still going to do that episode with uh, Frasky at some point. At some point, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, LBJ, did you want to talk about your history with the movie? Yeah, I, um, I remember seeing this as a kid. Uh, in the theaters? Was, no, not in the theaters, no. <laughs> yes, I went in 1982. I was three years old. My parents were like, you know what? He's ready for Conan. Uh, no, that's not where I went and saw it. Uh, no, I saw it on, in, in, on TV at some point. Um, I don't even remember where. I'm sure it was, you know, HBO or Showtime, somewhere. I saw it on TV at some point. And uh, I remember really liking it a lot, but I didn't get a chance to see the whole thing at that point. So I went back later on and rented it and watched it um, and really liked it. Like it, it's one of those movies that I just kind of, f- for whatever reason, I hadn't really seen another movie like this. There weren't really, there's not a ton of sword and sorcery movies out. I mean, in this time frame, maybe this like Beastmaster or Lady Hawk, you know, stuff like that. Even although Lady Hawk's not exactly that. Which um, is funny too. Cause I think Beastmaster is a 1982 film as well. It might be. Um, and a piece of crap. <laughs> it's not great. Uh, but anyway, so so I always just kind of liked this movie. And I ended up seeing Conan the Destroyer a lot more, though, than I saw this one. For whatever reason, Conan the Destroyer ended up being on TV a lot more than this one did. Because um, you had to, you didn't have to edit it down as much. You didn't. No, it was, it was PG-13, wasn't it? Uh, PG, because it existed... Before PG thirteen, right? So yeah, so it was on. Conan Destroyer was on a lot. I saw that a lot more than I have seen this. Um, but yeah, so so as far as my background with Conan goes, that's really it. Is seeing this movie. I didn't really know a whole lot about the character prior to that, uh, or the comics, or anything else. I mean, I knew when we went and saw Call the Conqueror, I knew that that originally started as another Conan sequel. That eventually Arnold bowed out of and, and, and went to Kevin Sorbo and became Cole. Um, but other than that, you know, this is probably the first time I've seen this all the way through in 20 years, maybe longer. 
so what about you're you're the resident uh super fan here tush what about your kind of <laughs> background with this movie so i was reminded in a pretty great uh manner by my uncle because we were talking about movies and he's like you know i remember the first time i met you uncle by marriage so you know I wouldn't have remember. I wouldn't be able to say it's the first time I met uh, an uncle. You know, but so you not could, by so you could have sex with him and it wouldn't be weird. Oh Jesus! Now <laughs> got really weird. Okay, so no, but I'm just saying that. So the first time he met me, he's like he had asked me because I I just watched Conan. I was, I was probably six or seven years old, and somehow was allowed to watch this. And my review that I gave him was, "Oh, it was great." There was killing and boobs and butts. And then he said, "He's like." And you know the funny thing? I'm pretty sure that's still how you measure movies. And I'm like, well, you're not wrong. So I'm probably, like, I'd probably watched it edited on, like, Channel 20 and then was able to convince my dad to let me buy the VHS copy. And I watched it and just over and over, and I watched it a lot. And also, I'm, I wouldn't call myself an expert because there are people who are super into Conan and will probably, anything I say will correct me on the message boards. But I've read every uh, Robert E. Howard original Conan short stories. There's really only about enough of true of actual Howard written ones to fill about three books, and because and they all they all just re released them not that long ago. And I've read some of the comics, like the modern comics are great. Um, he is for some, somehow a member of the Avengers now. I don't, or the Savage Avengers is kind of weird. What a- what about, I remember you always telling me about that issue of What If, where he was in, like, modern New York and became, like, a pimp or something? It is spectacular. Because the whole concept <laughs> is, if you really look at this, by modern standards, he'd be kind of a bad guy in comic books. So he gets sent to New York and dresses up in a pimp suit and forms a gang of bodybuilders and eventually fights Captain America and before getting sent back to the past. It's pretty spectacular. Wow. And just in another one recent, recently... Like, he tries to rob the Hellfire Club, and Iceman tries to stop him, and he immediately cuts off Iceman's head. And Iceman's like, you had no way of knowing I'm pure ice, and I, I could just reform myself. He's like, yeah. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, I've read, yeah, I'm pretty familiar with Robert E. Howard, um, but there's no way you could read every Conan story, because there's so many comics, there's so many books written by other people, you know, who aren't him, and there's just so much information out there. And like I said, like this movie isn't necessarily exactly in the spirit of those original stories because it gives him an origin. It gives him, you know, a basically motivation other than being, you know, getting rich and making money and drinking and banging, you know. But it's still a really good movie. So I love uh, it. <clears throat> well, actually, I, we, one of the other differences I will mention is in my research, the uh, Conan in the books is definitely he's he's classified as a barbarian but he's he's incredibly intelligent like yes. he's a great strategist he's a, actually a really good leader in the books um and can sort of manage a, manage a kingdom quite well like he's thought of yeah. he's thought of as kind of a a a uh kind of a the ultimate leader almost yeah the image of the image of him as the like loincloth wearing barbarian really comes from the work of Frank Frazetta. Right. I'm like, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Yep. And then um, the other guy, Boris Vallejo, who are like they really kind of, and so even just the images are like, oh, this guy's like you know this kind of you know bar, you know loincloth wearing barbarian that just goes around smashing people. But yeah, 
he is a very crafty character in the books. Right. Um, just uh, I, we mentioned 1982, but I just want to specify the release date on this is May 14th, 1982, uh, and kind of go through some of the other numbers. It has a budget of 20 million dollars, which seems like quite a bit for 1982. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then a, a domestic gross of 38 million and a worldwide of 79 million. So definitely make some money, but not. I mean, not like. I don't know. I mean, like it is 1982, but I mean, I still feel like that it's not like a raking in money hand over fist with like yeah, a, 20 it's a moderate budget. success. Yeah, it's like not a, a moderate blockbuster. success. Yeah, yeah, but, it's like I think with and especially like it definitely got a lot of re-releases on VHS and other formats once Arnold started hitting with Terminator and all those other ones. Right. That was that was one of the things I read too. Is that um, as of 2007, with all of the home rentals, home releases, and box sets, and film releases. It's made, at this point, over $300 million. Um, and so, obviously, most of that is on the back end after the film's already come and gone. Uh, right. So that it's it, it, it certainly become a cult hit. Um, and then I was kind of surprised the, uh, the Rotten Tomatoes on this is 65%. Um, which, if you're keeping track at home, is a lot higher than the 9% that Beverly Hills Cop 3 got. <laughs> and uh, the audience score is 74%. So this is well-received all, all around the board. I mean, pretty much. I mean, I, I feel like 65 from uh, like critics is pretty good for this movie. Yeah, for this, especially this type of movie. I mean, these, these types of movies don't generally get reviewed all that well. Um, so, yeah. yeah, this one is, is certainly a cut above m- m- uh, most of them. I mean, we should note that it has a fairly prestigious, uh, or prestigious if you prefer, screenwriter in Oliver Stone. Well, you sort know. of. <laughs> I well, mean, we'll, we'll, we'll get into that. Yeah, we'll it's heavily, yeah. At least we'll, credited screenwriter. <laughs> we'll get into that a little bit more in a second. Um, okay, so top grossing movies of 1982. Uh, number one is E.T. <laughs> L- Thank you. LBJ's favorite. Sure. Nope. Uh, number two is Tootsie. And number three is an officer and a gentleman. Uh, this wow, movie, that year sucked. The, well, what's Big crazy year. is this this movie, Conan the Barbarian, comes in 17th. We've actually done two other movies from 1982, believe it or not. Number six, Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. And number 13, uh, First Blood. So It kind of blows, blows my mind. I'm not criticizing the movie because I haven't seen it, but... There was a time when the number three movie could be an officer and a gentleman, kind of like a simple drama type movie. That's weird. <laughs> yeah, very strange. Uh, yeah, very strange. I feel like, though, from going through movies in 1982, there are a few more that we should do. Actually, there's one that we will be doing soon if I have my way. More to come later on that. Uh, not later this episode. I meant, like, I'm going to tell LPJ off on. Anyways. <laughs> I'm well, now we're all now we're all curious. Well, you'll be on off pods. No, I, I just out. did some re- I did some research, and it, I have we did four movies in 1982. Oh, what did I miss? I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't. I just wrote down the number that we did. I didn't write down how, which ones they were. <laughs> oh, Notes are weird. <laughs> well, that's that's not really. That's not really it's not helpful. helpful. It's not helpful at all. I'm just saying that's not, that's not really helpful. No. Well, oh, you know what? I'm an idiot. I know which one I miss. Uh, number seven, 48 hours. Okay, there it is. And this, I is, think yeah, I, this is the fourth one. 
I think I skipped 48 hours because I disliked that movie so much. Yep. So you're like, man, Nick Nolte is racist in this movie. Very much so. Um, okay. So cast of this movie, hmm, it's going to be easy for me. Uh, we mentioned Arnold Schwarzenegger plays Conan. James Earl Jones plays Doom. Why did I have so much trouble with that? Also Doom. And then I know my boy Max von Sydow played King Osric. 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 That's all I got. Oh, and I think they said that our old friend Sven Olison. Sven Oli Thorson? Yeah. Well, obviously, I mean, you've got Oscar nominee Mako, also star of Sidekicks with Chuck Norris. Who? Yeah, Who's Mako, Mako? He's, a, he's also a f- famous voice actor. He does a lot of does yeah. a lot of ca- cartoon voice acting. And he's in the second Conan too. He is. I've yep. never seen that one either. So. Yep. And, and uh, then um, Sandal Bergman is the love interest. Mm-hmm. She actually she's was a old, famous. She, she was in Red Sonia and Hell Comes to Frogtown with Rowdy Roddy Piper. Other than that, though, eh, not a ton of other people. Yeah, it's a lot, it's a lot, there's a lot of bodybuilders, a lot of football players, because uh, um, Milius wanted to make sure that the bad guys were bigger than Arnold. So, you know, it's a lot of, you know. Not a lot of people like that around. No. No, no that's true. No. Um, so this movie is directed by John Milius. Um, I don't know anything about him, but this is usually where one of you two will sit in. And- he is, okay, so he is well-known He's directed some big movies. He did, like, Red Dawn and stuff like that. However, yep. his biggest thing he's best known for is being, like, the king of being a script doctor. Like, he can punch up dialogue. He did the Indianapolis speech in Jaws. He did Go Ahead, Make My Day in Dirty Harry, you mm-hmm. know? Like, he's, like, it, it, he did, like, completely uncredited rewrite of the Hunt for Red October script. Like, when they need a script taken care of, like, hey, here's a hundred grand, fix this for us, John. Yep, and he always oh, does. Wow. Like he did it for a podcast. Yeah, he always now, does. He did it for many, many, many movies. Like there's a still. Well, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know how much he does it now, but um, he had a stroke, so he's not, he's not, <laughs> not great so right much now. now. But uh, but he, he like up until I think 2011, he was still doing it. He's also been known to demand payment rather in money in antique guns. <laughs> so, so he's so he's your kind of guy then. He, is, like. he describes himself as a his politics as a Zen anarchist. Oh, so he also, I don't he know also, what that means. He also wrote Jeremiah Johnson. How about that? Yep. He did. Uh, okay, then uh, obviously uh, writers. <laughs> so it's based on the character created by Robert E. Howard, and then the uh, <laughs> as you kind of alluded to uh, the the screenplay. Uh, is John Milius and Oliver Stone, uh, and then says uncredited story by Edward Summer. Yeah, I don't know who that is, but uh, so Oliver Stone, <laughs> you yeah, want to talk about that? Is, uh, sure. Um, so, so at this point in Oliver Stone's life, he was uh addicted to cocaine and <laughs> uh, was constantly high. So, he wrote this script where um, Conan. Is it doesn't take place in the past. It takes place in a post-apocalyptic future, um, and was so kind of out there that it, I think they said it would have been like seventy million dollars to film his script when the movie would have been four hours long. Um, yes. So they couldn't really do much with it. So uh, they gave it to John Milius, and John Milius essentially rewrote 
almost all of it. He kept a couple things like the crucifixion and the climbing the tower thing. Um, but other than that, it's John Milius really wrote this movie. Because uh, you could argue it's still post-apocalyptic, just not the apocalypse we think of. Because it's supposed to be after the fall of Atlantis. So that's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you could argue that if you're willing to have some really dumb arguments. I guess. Yeah, if you're if you're on a lot of cocaine or something, you know. <laughs> yeah. and, and at one point, Oliver Stone, while Oliver Stone was still attached to this as the as the full writer, he asked Ridley Scott to direct it, but Ridley Scott just wasn't up to doing it. <laughs> Um, He's like, sir, please stop doing a hummingbird impersonation. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then the uh, music is by Basil Poldoris. It's so good. The Anvil of Crumb just gets me pumped. I have a version of it done by the Prague Philharmonic Orchestra, and it's so good. It is. It it was a good. Uh, the the score was very good. I have yeah. to say, I, I found it very uh, very entertaining and very fitting, um, and very um, uh, very featured in the movie. And I, you know, I, I I'm good. I don't want to get too into some of my thoughts on this movie. Um, okay. Uh, oh, you know what? We didn't talk about net worth. We're, we're so excited about episode 200. We're all out of uh, all out of whack here. Um, okay, I only did two because that's all I really knew. So let's start with James Earl Jones. He's got that sweet, sweet Mufasa money, Dave. What do you think? Well, I mean, he does have that sweet, sweet Big Bang Theory guest appearance money. Where he was <laughs> hilarious. Um, I bet he is worth $100 million. All right. Uh, he's uh, got that sweet, sweet coming to America money. I'm going to go. Ooh. I'm going to go $120 million. You guys are giving him too much credit. He's only got $40 million. Well, only. we're giving Hollywood too much credit because that man is a gem and deserves more. Yep. He's also 91 years old. I found that out today. So, uh, And then uh, finally, done him many times, LBJ, so it's fitting that you start. Uh, he's got that sweet, sweet hmm, Terminator 3 <laughs> Dawn of the Machines money. Uh, what do you think, LBJ? He's got that sweet, sweet um, shit. What was the name of that movie? Let's just all go bad Terminator sequels. <laughs> all right. So he's got that sweet, sweet Terminator Genesis money. I don't even know if he's in that, but. Oh, he uh, was. Uh, I'm going to say $600 million. All right. Tush? Well, he's got that sweet, sweet Terminator Dark Fate money. So <laughs> let's say uh, $750 million. Oof. Guys are giving him a little too much credit. He's only has four hundred and fifty million dollars, <laughs> but you know that's still pretty good. I take it. Yeah. Um, I think he had to give up give up a lot to Maria. That's probably true. Uh, taglines. Uh, only three taglines for this. Uh, the first one, not sure about, but I'll, I'll let you guys know. Uh, he conquered an empire with his sword. She conquered him with her bare hands. Wait, what? <laughs> what? One what? of those things happens in the movie, I guess. But what? who conquered him? Like the the lady that they don't even ever say her name in the movie. Yeah, Valeria. I mean, yeah. I mean, with just just her bare. I mean, we could get we could get real dirty with this conversation, but I won't. <laughs> let's let's not. Next time. Uh, ne- next one, slave. Barbarian, warrior, 
thief, Conan. They keep saying yeah. he's a. They keep referring to him as a thief, but I feel like he wasn't like that much of a thief. I know uh, he, he stole. stole that. Yeah, he's absolutely stole the the stone and all that stuff. I I oh man, I, there's a part in this movie. That I can't wait to talk to you guys about. But we have to get through a bunch before we get to it. So I'm like, <laughs> I just gotta bite my tongue for now. Um, okay, uh, and then the last one is thief, warrior, gladiator, king. Although, like, I mean, like he's not really a king. I know at the end of this movie they show him and he is a king and he's sitting on the throne and like, yeah. And Arnold still is still determined to make a Conan now. It, like there's a, a a book, the most famous Conan story is a novella called Hour of the Dragon, but Arnold wants to turn that into a movie called King Conan, and he still wants to do it. Well, so. maybe Oliver Stone can write a draft. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think his heart can take cocaine that much cocaine at this point. Um, anything else uh, specifically you want to mention before we start talking about the actual like uh, the, the plot of this movie? Um, I know. So Dino De Laurentiis, the producer, very grudgingly allowed Arnold to be in this movie, like because he was Milius's only pick. Milius was like, it has to be Arnold, and but during so for what ended up for the Flash Gordon movie, Arnold had a meeting with Dino De Laurentiis where they both really rubbed each other the wrong way. So almost didn't happen, except like basically. So that he's like, um, okay, like uh, Deirdrens is like Amelia. So you can choose anybody but Arnold Schwarzenegger, and he's like, okay, Woody Allen. And he's like, so then he gave in. It was like, okay, fine. <laughs> well, that was spot on. I mean, I don't know what uh, that guy sounds like, but that was. Like, I thought I'm gonna sure. have a granddaughter who's a very attractive chef. <laughs> I thought Dino De Laurentiis just walked into the room. It's crazy. It's wow. I'm assuming he's probably dead, too. Hey, I so. think I might be dead, but I came onto the podcast. Unreal. Unreal. Well, You're like a modern day Rich Little. <laughs> well, you know, you know what? It's very nice of you to join us for episode 200. That's uh, it's great. Very nice hey, my granddaughter going to date to Bobby Flay. Wow. All the guests. Guys, I pulled out all the stops for this 200 episode. Pull out all the stops. Guys. I'm making the Flash Gordon. It's not good. You should do that on your podcast. I'm coming back on. I need a moment to recover. Wow. Oh, well, well, thanks so much uh, for joining us, oh, Mr. Dularentis. Thank you for Okay, uh, back into the cold and place of death for me. <laughs> all right. Thank you for alienating all of our Italian listeners. We appreciate it. <laughs> well, that was nice of him to join us from the grave for this. Yeah, it really was. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry I had to step out while he was in here. I know. It was a real, it's a real poker outdoor moment there. I, yeah. I wish I wish you had offered more insight into the movie other than telling us about his his granddaughter like three or four times. Yeah, but I mean, I think we're all very interested in Giada. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay, um, to the plot. Okay, let's. Okay, so it opens up with a quote: uh, "That which does not kill us makes us stronger." From Nietzsche. Is that a quote that he said? That it's is a, a quote he yeah. said. It's a, it's kind of mistranslated, but you know. Okay. So then there's like a voiceover and it's like at the time it's like the voiceover is done by that wizard dude. And like, we don't like, he does all the voiceover in this movie and then we don't meet him to like an hour into this movie or something. So I was confused about it was like originally going to be Arnold, but there's like, it's too hard. Like Mako has a better voice for it. So they just went with him. 
Um, so, okay. So he does like a big voiceover, uh, and, and during the credits, we get this long kind of like montage of a dude making a sword, a very or, or, ornate kind of like huge, like Dave, you're our, uh, weapons expert. Anything, anything to tell us about the sword? I mean, essentially the sword was act- actually really impractical and too heavy to use the actual sword in the battle scenes. So they had to like, swap it out with aluminum and swords and stuff like that. Cause it was just so big and cumbersome. It would have, it would probably hurt someone or killed someone. Right. But also, Arnold kept that sword and um, hung it in his office while he uh, was governor. I I read that, uh, and I can't remember what it said. Like the inscription on it. Uh, oh, it, tra- it the inscription on the sword translates to "Suffer no guilt, ye who wield this in the name of Krom." And it was well, just displayed in his office when he was governor. <laughs> I, and I don't feel like Arnold really suffers much guilt. If you read his book, he does not seem to regret any of the things he's done that might be kind of questionable. Nope. And the maids he's done. Well, I guess if you have $450 million. Um, okay. So, uh, so, so then- hold on. Within the, within the context of the movie, though, um, the Sumerians, which is who Arnold's like tribe is, they're known for their metalworking and their, their sword exactly. making. So that's kind of what the big deal is with the sword. Gotcha. Uh, okay, so then he talks to his dad, uh, young Conan does. Uh, his dad's talking about uh, their god, Krom, and he's like the god of the earth, and he like worships steel, I guess. I don't know. Like yeah. maybe He respects strength. He respects strength and steel. He's a big fan of steel. Um, okay, so then Conan's village is, the whole thing is slaughtered burn his dad's killed like james earl jones and his crew ride in and they just like start killing everyone and there's a dude with a hammer who like i kept referring to as hammer time in my notes and mm-hmm. he's just like taking out people with hammers and like uh so they they kill his dad they burn the whole village and i'm not sure why <laughs> well they're so at this point in time um they're just like an upstart snake cult they're not like a big thing. They're just kind of slowly sweeping through the region and sort of uh, amassing power and and items to build their cult up bigger and bigger. So right now they're just sort of kind of, you know, like a like a like a militia group, kind of going through and destroying yeah. destroying things. And, and the whole thing is, at the time this movie came out, cults are very much in the zeitgeist. You had Jonestown. And all this stuff, so like, yo, know, it's very reflective of the time it was made yes. too. Gotcha. So everyone in the village is dead except for young Conan and his mom. And like James Earl Jones gets off his horse and takes a really long time taking off his ornate helmet. And like, you think maybe he's like not going to kill him, but then he just like casually cuts her head off, <laughs> which is like pretty traumatic. While Conan was still holding her hand. Um, and then, like, Conan gets taken uh, with the other children and made, like, a slave and taken to that wheel thing that Dave's a big fan of talking about. The Wheel of but, Pain. But what's the purpose of the Wheel of Pain? It's to grind grain, I believe. Okay. Like, it, it, like it's, it's like you normally use a windmill, and you and I know about windmills, Joe. <laughs> and, uh, and But instead, there's like, hey, we'll just have these uh, slave kids do it instead. But it, it's, it's obviously a good workout. I like how you left LPJ out, even though he was there when we took that tour of the windmill. That's true. <laughs> yeah, I was. I was kind of there. Sorry, you didn't retain any of that knowledge, LPJ. It's, cool. um, it's all right. Well, I have a question, though. Okay, so it, it's a good workout, but, like, aren't 
children don't they make bad manual labor for pushing like a giant like wheel around like that well that was the thing uh, they, okay. had, they had so <laughs> many of them at first exactly if I, I feel like if I give an explanation of why children are good slaves right now, that won't reflect well on me. So yeah, maybe, maybe leave that part out. So yeah. yeah, so it's like we get like he he starts pushing the the wheel of pain, and it's kind of we get like a time elapse, and he goes from being a tiny like Conan to being Arnold Schwarzenegger Conan, and he's like the only person pushing the wheel of pain, like just the, pushing the whole thing by himself because he's so strong. Um, and then like. I was kind of confused. I feel like they don't explain this. Some dude comes and buys him or what? Like, yeah, they buy he buys him. him. He gets some for whatever reason. I mean, it's one of those things where it doesn't really matter. He takes them. Like he like probably bought them. He just, you know, it's, I yeah. mean, that is, I mean, that's kind of how like it would work. in like with Roman gladiators, it's like, Oh, Hey, the slave who is a good worker seems like he might be a good fighter. So then they just like, they promote him the gladiator. So he starts doing, like, uh, all these, like, pit fights, and we get, like, a montage of him, like, killing all these dudes. And some of it seems unfair because he's got, like, knife gloves or something. And, like, it's like, man, I feel like, I mean, listen, I probably couldn't, but I feel like if I was in a pit fight, I would have a chance if I had knife gloves. Right? Another theory we need to test out, I guess. (laughs) Well, I don't don't know about that. I'll get to work on those. Um, I'll let you know when they're ready. So then they say, like, he does so good. He's such a good pit fighter that then they take him east and train him, and he gets trained by the War Masters. And we see yeah. kind of like a montage of him, like, practicing with swords and doing, like, sword stuff and becoming, yeah. I guess, really good at swords. Mm-hmm. It's with the actual swordsmith from the movie. They gave him that part. And it's, like, it's it's very it's very Mongolian, expo- you know, like, um, inspired, you know. Well, I was going to say, when they say, like, East, does it mean, like, I mean, like, I know it's not, but, like, they're talking about, like, Asia, like, the Far East yeah. is where they took them. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like that kind of, I mean, you know, obviously, like, the region you know, that he starts like, in, the age is supposed to be in, oh. The region that he starts in is, like, Mongolia. That's kind of yeah. where he's, where his tribe is. And then, then they eventually keep moving him farther and farther East. Yes. Uh, Ah, gotcha. So uh, he he uh, he gets trained in the sword stuff, and then there's a really weird thing where they're like, and they bred him, and there's like a scene where they put like a naked lady in his cage with them, and everyone's like watching <laughs> the bars, oh, and I'm yeah. like, oh, this is this is weird. That that was also taken from like ancient like ancient Rome. Like a they would you know there was a sexual element to gladiators where they would you know breed them and stuff like that, and then also. They would kind of like run the gladiator schools like brothels too, so the ladies and and the guys could come in and you know it's like on Spartacus, you know, like that was that would happen, you know. Well, we've talked about this before with a friend of the podcast, Jody. Neither I or LBJ have ever watched the Spartacus show. Oh, okay. Well, it's like that. Or the no, movie, but, but I still know all about the uh, the the gladiator orgies. Don't ask me why. <laughs> Uh, in fact, I would like to read my direct note. That says, man, a lot of peeps are watching Conan go to the Bone Zone. <laughs> Well, I mean, yep. this movie is fairly horny. No, oh, it's fairly. <laughs> and then, okay, like, and then, like, Conan's master, Conan, sorry, not Conan O'Brien, Conan. Uh, Conan's master just sets him free for some reason? Question mark. I don't know why. Yeah, because he, just, because he made him so much money, they become friends. You know, like, you know, it's just. You know, eventually he he has a kind-hearted slave master. Apparently, <laughs> okay. So he sets him free, and then Arnold is like immediately chased by these dogs, and he climbs like this like uh 
rock formation and finds a cave and then the cave just happens to be like a throne and like this really big sword that he finds and i'm yep. like man that was convenient it's an atlantean king and if anyone has seen the northmen that scene is pretty much exactly replicated in the recent movie the northmen so i, I have not seen it uh it's on it. peacock it's on peacock though i thought about watching it worth a watch i enjoyed it so he gets the sword and then like presumably we don't see it, but kills all them wild dogs and makes like a spiffy outfit out of them. And yeah. then he's like walking and he runs into some crazy like witch lady. Um, and like, he's trying to get information and she's like, Hey, let's bone. So they, they bone. I, you guys might have to clear this up for me. So they bone. Yes. They have sex. Did we clear well, no, it up for you? no, not that part. But then she turns into like a spirit or like a demon and like flies off into the sky. Yeah, he I threw was her into the fire, destroyed her uh, mortal uh, body. <laughs> oh, that's right. I forgot after they got done having sex, he picked her up and threw her in the fire. Cause she started to like transform or something. It was a very weird scene. I wasn't sure why it was in the movie, I guess. Yeah. It doesn't really make a whole lot of sense, but it happened. Yeah, again, it goes with the horniness of this movie. So the next the next day, he apparently stays <laughs> the rest of the night. He goes to leave, and there's another guy that she has like chained up outside. Uh, Subotai, Subotai, yeah, Subotai, uh, and he's kind of fun. Uh, they set he sets him free, uh, and they like decide to travel together. Uh, I like how they're like kind of going through towns and getting drunk and stuff, and then like. In that one scene, Arnold punches a camel out, which I really, I enjoyed for two reasons. One, because it was Arnold punching a camel out, but also, like, they would call back to it when he punches that reindeer in the face in uh, Jingle All the Way. Yeah, but uh, it turns out he actually punched that camel. Like, that was a real camel, and he really connected, and they really got in trouble for it. Yeah, the movie did not get the um, Humane Society stamp of approval because... They did punch the camel. They did trip horses during the final yeah. scene, the tripwire. He, he, he kicked those dogs. Like. Yeah. Well, apparently those dogs, though, were extremely ill-tempered. That's and, true. like, that's what Milius wanted. So, like, they, they were always biting the trainers and stuff like that. And John Milius was like, yeah, he really wanted Arnold to run for his life. So, like, <laughs> the kicking the dogs was kind of in self-defense, actually. So. But, he, but he definitely That's the piece him. of animal cruelty I'll defend, right. I guess. But he definitely punched that camel. Right in the face. Camels are kind of dicks, though. <laughs> so, uh, so then he meets, um, and literally my note, because they don't introduce her as a character, which is wild. They never say her name in the well, movie. For, they did. They cut the scene, though. Yeah. Well, that doesn't count. No, I'm just saying. They, they thought of that. They did actually do it, but they ended up, the editor cut the scene. You could kind of argue, though, that like the whole thing is she was supposed to be like an archetype of like a female warrior or Valkyrie in Amazon. It doesn't, and I'm not saying, like, I, this not, isn't supposed to sound sexist, but almost, like, it's like her name, her actual name doesn't necessarily matter, you know, because she's, like, that, that ideal warrior woman, you know? So, right. you know, it does, like, not knowing her name doesn't really affect my movie. Like, you don't know the two henchmen. I guess he does mention one of the henchmen's names. Well, it doesn't affect know, but, my viewing of the movie. I just want to let you know that in the notes for a while, she's just called some lady, yeah. and then later on, I call her Conan's girlfriend. Right. So yeah, Valeria was a character, uh, Valeria was a character in the Conan comic. I mean, not comics, uh, short stories as well. So uh, they meet her, and they decide that they're going to rob this uh, snake tower together because there's these snake towers uh, popping up in all the cities uh, connected to Tulsa Doom, James Earl Jones. 
Um, so they climb to the top, and then there's like ropes to slide down, and they go down to the very bottom, and there's just like, oh yeah, there's a giant snake down here. So <laughs> with a giant snake is like sleeping, so they're like, oh maybe we'll get this duel without waking it up. But then like the giant snake wakes up, uh, and they have to kill it. Uh, they shoot it with a couple arrows, and then Arnold like hacks its head off. Yep. Um, that was crazy. That scene was crazy where he hacks the head off. Yeah. Like really, I mean. It aged very well. I mean, I think so. special effects wise, I agree. like it looks really. So many things from like back then look bad. But that looks really good. You know, that's I say this whole movie. There's with maybe exception when the spirits are trying or like attacking his body. We'll get to that. But <laughs> the special effects did, are pretty dead on. Like they, you, they, they don't look bad nowadays. Did you see that they said that they actually fired arrows at with yeah. that scene, yeah. and it was John Millis yeah. firing the arrows because he decided that he was the best archer out of the crew, so they actually fired arrows right by Arnold's head. This this, <laughs> I, this is this is like guerrilla filmmaking. I feel like yeah, so, and that's Millis. He's like I, I watched the documentary on him, and he is a wild man, you know. And he, but he's like really good friends with Lucas and Spielberg, so like you know, he's helped them out, and it's like he's recognized as a genius, but also a lunatic. So uh, they kill the snake and they steal the big jewel, which has a name. I uh, the eye of the, the serpent, serpent, maybe. Yeah. Oh, I just made that up. Um, it's the eye of the serpent. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so then they they so they get out of there, Coney. Co- Coney, Coney, you know, it's my boy. Coney, and then he so, what, he testified in front of Congress. Arnold and that lady go to the bone zone because, of course, they do. Uh, and then there's kind of like a montage where apparently they're just kind of like living high on the hog and just like getting oh, drunk yeah. all the time. And like, because they like, they didn't seem to steal that much, or is it implied that they were going around stealing stuff all over the place? Yeah, yeah that's kind of the implication that, they're, yeah, they're thieves just going doing their thing. Um, so while they're drunk, they get captured and taken to see King Osric. Yeah, uh, played by Max von Sydow. They call him King Orsic the Usurper, like as if like that plays in anything. But I feel it does. It, 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 like, co- it was just a common name for kings. Like it, it was descriptive. That would he's. Ba- I mean, the name is supposed to sound like vaguely Norse, and like that is the name that kings have had throughout. You know, because like oh, they're not the rightful king. You know, like I think there's. I think an Ethelred was the a usurper, and like there's lots of names. You know, that's just something okay. that people would call people. So he wants to hire them to get his daughter back. Uh, because she joined up with uh, Thulsa Doom's, like, cult and, like, left to go to his fortress. So he's like, hey, if you go save her, I'll give you, like, all the wealth you can imagine. Uh, the lady and the, the bow and arrow dude don't want to do it. But Conan figures out uh, – I got to stop saying Conan. Arnold figures out that Thulsa, because he finds in the snake tower, he finds the old sigil thing that he was using with the two snakes. Yes. So he knows that it was, like, Thulsa that killed his parents. So he, like, sets off on his own uh, to go to go find the daughter and, like, presumably kill James Earl Jones. Um, and that's when he's in the spot, and that's when he meets the wizard, the dude who's been doing voiceover for the whole movie. And he's, he's quite a character, I would say. Um, I found his voice to be very annoying. <laughs> um... And then, uh, so he takes a camel, he rides a camel, doesn't punch one this time. Uh, 
Uh, and I also have a note that says, man, this wizard likes to laugh because he really laughs a lot in the movie about a lot of stuff. And he talks a lot of gibberish. And I don't I couldn't begin to explain any of the stuff he talks about or where he lives or what's going on with any of that stuff. Eh, it doesn't really matter, which is good. Yeah. Uh, you just You're need dwelling to on it. Crazy wizard. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not dwelling on it. I was just asking <laughs> about it. Um, okay. So Arnold sneaks in to uh, where the where all the, the cultists, the doom cults or snake cults are all meeting up. Um, he steals that priest's robes. Like that priest wanted to bang him, right? Like, oh, 100%. like okay, that okay. So he steals the robes and then like uh, he ends up getting caught, but I'm like, how did how did he get caught? Like he was disguised and then he's just sitting there and then they like Go and grab him and catch him. And I'm like, well, what, what happened? They, they realized well, that he wasn't like, he, he wasn't kind of, they could tell he was new. Like he didn't know what he was yeah. doing. Or, and also he was wearing the robes of a priest. So he should have like known things better. Right. Maybe he wasn't bowing properly. Or there's like, hey, the people that we on our uh, low protein uh, cult diet wouldn't be this buff. You know? Right. <laughs> so he gets caught. Uh, they beat the shit out of him. Uh, and he talks to James Earl Jones. I like when, like, uh, Arnold's kind of like, oh, you killed my village and my family. And he's like, back in the old days, I used to value steel so much that I just went around and killed people and took steel. He's like, you know what's more powerful than steel? He's like, people. And then there's, like, a cultist. He's like, hey, you. And she's like, yeah, what up? He's like, come down here. And she's like, okay. She, like, jumps off a mountain and kills herself. Uh, and he was, like, doing it to demonstrate his power. I'm paraphrasing, of course, yeah. but that's that, basically how they exchange. I mean, that's so, pretty much it. <laughs> that stunt woman who jumped uh, set the record. I don't know if it still holds or not. Set the record for the longest stunt free fall of 138 feet. Jeez. I think Jeff Hardy probably has that beat. It's probably true. <laughs> Maybe Darby <laughs> Allen. I don't know. God, stop bringing up wrestling. <laughs> um, okay. So, uh, so they have this conversation. Then he's kind of like, "Ah, just crucify him." So they take him out to a tree and crucify him. Doesn't the tree have a special name? The tree of woe. Uh, the tree of woe, the tr- which, is, uh, which is what they call a wrestling move. Yep, the tree of woe. <laughs> they do. <laughs> ah, dang it! So, uh, so they crucify him to the tree. Uh, there's like he's 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 in bad shape. I like those like the buzzards, like the vultures all around him, and the one like. Is like pecking at him, and like Arnold, like as LBJ mentioned in the opening of this episode, just like grabs it by its throat and bites it and kills it, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, which so that was his... so the way they did that okay. stunt. So the ones that were on the sides of him, like in the tree, were real. They had an animatronic one that was pecking at him, and then the one he bit was a dead one. It was a dead vulture. <laughs> <laughs> he just bit into and they they like had to immediately disinfect his mouth to make sure he didn't get any diseases and you would have to think that also going against the humane society thing 100%. to get a fresh dead vulture they almost definitely <laughs> killed it to have it so I'm sure. <laughs> this, this, this movie is wild no, it's, a, it. it's, it's a vulture so fuck it you know? <laughs> 19, 1982 man uh wild times um okay so uh, his arrow shooting friend and the lady rescue him. But then, like, he's in bad shape and he's dead, question mark? I don't know. My, my, this, I, I'm just going to read it from my notes directly and maybe you guys can interpret. Wizard does some magic or some shit. Demons or spirit or something come and try to take Conan. Yeah, they're basically trying to use magic to heal him, but they have to make a bargain 
and Valeria. Uh, you don't necessarily know it at the time because she says she'll pay the price, but it ends up that price is her life. Right. Spoiler alert. Okay. So uh, he uh, Arnold lives. He does some more. He he does some of the sword stuff that he was doing earlier, and they're kind of like, "Hey, we can sneak in there." Uh, we found a back door. <laughs> back door to the fortress in these caves we can sneak in uh and, and get the 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 princess but just that they're like we're not gonna go in and kill james earl jones we're just gonna get the princess cool so they sneak into the back of the caves um why do they paint themselves before they go into the caves camouflage that's, that's cool yeah it's like the camouflage <laughs> camouflage of what thief paint coolness <laughs> um so <laughs> So they sneak in. Also, I find the idea of Arnold Schwarzenegger sneaking around <laughs> like and hiding behind something hilarious. Like I was laughing out loud to see him kind of like walking and like hiding behind a rock and stuff. And it's like you are a mountain of a man. You are not sneaking in anywhere. But um, so and then that's when they walk into that like orgy going on where you said like they are serving a big cauldron of like heads and feet and stuff like that. Um, and then this is the part I was excited to talk to you guys about. Okay. And then they're just sitting there, you know, James Earl Jones is sitting on the throne, and then he casually turns into a giant snake. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh... No, no, no explanation for no reason. He doesn't, like, turn into a snake and do anything. He turns into a giant snake. And slithers out of the room. I think the implication is he was about to go snake bone people. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what it was. I mean, it's, if if you turn to a snake during an orgy, I think the implication is you could go get your snake sex on. But the idea that he just like I understand we've established that this is a world of like magic and wizards and stuff, but the idea that like not he just turns into a snake he doesn't talk about how he can turn into a snake it doesn't ever come up again it doesn't it isn't used for any purpose he just is sitting there and he kind of kind of see him starting and then they cut back and he's just a snake and i just thought it was hilarious got, that he, it came up with no explanation he's got snake or powers. that's or, yeah or any reason it would be different if later on he turned into a snake and you know, like, he, he used it as a power or something. He just does it once. Well, it also kind of gets him out of the scene, too, that, like, they don't... So they don't have to fight him then, you know? Like, he's like, oh, sorry, busy being a snake, you know? <laughs> I mean, I, it kind of... It kind of sets up his snake powers at the end. I think it's just yeah. to establish the fact that he's magical and he has, like, some kind of control. So he's 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 almost part lizard now. Like, he has some kind of yeah. control over that. So, Joe, right. would you say that your question is snakes? Why would it have to be snakes? <laughs> like, my question is that I am had it with these giant motherfucking snakes <laughs> in this motherfucking Conan movie, is what I would say. Um, okay, so he turns into a snake and slithers out of the room. Uh, then, like, I would say, and, like, you guys are going to get mad for me saying this, but I would say, like, finally now into this movie is when we get our first, like, legit kind of action scenes in this movie. Oh, I mean, there were... cut off the head of a snake earlier. He I don't know how the you... the, He cut off the head of the snake, and he fought in the pits. But other than yeah. that, like, there weren't any prolonged. This is no, where we right. get some actual, you're like... Right. Yeah. Because they kill a bunch of people. He gets in a fight with the long-haired guys that, like, trash his village. Um, he doesn't kill either of them at this point, but like, no. I like how one of he like basically tricks the hammer time guy into smashing yeah. a big column, and the whole like 
roof comes down. Yep. So that was he also cool. kills like an army of sex gimps. Yeah, that's, you know, that's running at him in leather masks, you know. That's true. That's true too. Um, so then they're leaving, and they they got the princess, and they're like everything good. And then James Earl Jones flexing more of his snake powers, much like Sepentor, takes oh, a live yeah. snake off his neck, turns it into an arrow, and shoots it out of a bow and arrow, and hits uh, uh, Arnold's girlfriend. I guarantee you, that's where they got this from in GI Joe. I oh, guarantee 100%. it. If they had the rights, they would have said, oh, we also took some of Thalsa Doom's uh, DNA. <laughs> so he turns the snake into an arrow, shoots it. She dies. Uh, they give her a Darth Vader-style funeral. I know it's for other things, but like a funeral pry. They put her up on it. Higher. And it like, higher. Higher. Thank you. Higher. Uh, they, they put her up on there, and like they, they take the fire up there, and the wizard's like, you can't set it there. Fire won't burn up there because fire doesn't because it's windy, I guess. So, but they take it up there and it does light on fire. Uh, and the wizard is, is, is amazed by it. But there's a like, um, great line, like, why are you crying? And he's like, he is Conan, Sumerian. He will not cry. So I cry for him. I did. I did like that line. Yes, I did like that. I didn't write it down, but I did like that. Um, so the, the, the princess that they rescue, she's still like in the, in Doom's cult. So she's like, ha he's going to come rescue me. Cause he saw your fire. And Arnold's like shifts into like a team mode where they build like all these traps oh, yeah. and like all kinds it's, of stuff. Which it's very was- influenced by the seven samurai. I mean, it's very, the scene is very, very much like the final battle scene in the seven samurai. Hmm. Well, I have actually never seen that. So I know well, you're probably you should be- because it's excellent. But you wouldn't say we should do it on the podcast, though, right? Um, maybe not that, but we should probably do um, Yojimbo on the podcast. Okay. Could we instead just talk about an issue of Yosaki Yojimbo? Yeah, we could. But you know Yojimbo is the inspiration for the Maul Obi-Wan fight in Rebels, Joe. So just saying. Oh, all right. Well, okay. So, okay. Uh, okay. so they build all these traps, uh, and there's only a couple of them. And, like, I kind of feel like... I mean, yes, they were outnumbered at the end, but I feel like earlier they talked about, like, Thalsa Doom's army as being, like, all... And, like, there's, like, maybe 25 people that come after them, right? Like, Yeah, it's not a lot. They've killed a lot of them, and also... I mean, they've killed a lot of them to start with, and there's more cultists than there are actual fighters. Right. Uh, okay, that's fair. Um, he kills Hammer Time. I don't remember exactly how he kills Hammer Time, but he does. It's, it's with the trap. Oh, that's right. Yeah. He gets him with the trap, the thing, and it spikes him. And then I think he cuts. He gets him with the sword too. Right. Uh, then he fights the other long-haired dude who has. Um, I believe that's the guy that actually his has sword. His, his his father's sword, and it breaks in the fight. Yeah. Um, and then, so it, in a moment where it looks like uh, Arnold's going to get killed, his dead girlfriend shows up and saves. Yeah, she's him. a Valkyrie now. Okay. So his dead girlfriend shows up and saves him, uh, and then the long-haired guy gets killed. And then I kind of like the idea that James Earl Jones is like, see ya! He hauls ass out of there. And I legit thought for a minute, I was like, oh, is that the end of the movie? I'm like, maybe he's like a villain, and I knew there was a sequel. I'm like, but then, so then we come back to his hideout. He's having a big, like, snake cult rally. Uh, and Conan follows him home, uh, Kills him, cuts off his head. Yeah, just unceremoniously, too. Just chops it off. And then, like, 
throws it down the stairs, which I thought was pretty good. I feel like James Earl Jones at one point makes another snake boat, snake arrow, but doesn't get a chance to use it too. Yeah, he tries to use it on the girl before it's before piecing out. Right. Oh, that's right. Pute. He tries to kill her. That's right. I'm yeah, sorry. Sabutai uh, Ketyo stops it. But I feel like I feel like it's like doesn't James Earl Jones try and like reason with them and be like, hey, maybe don't yes. kill me. Yeah, he's like, hey, I made you. Like, it kind of with the whole Nietzsche thing, like. I made you the strong man you are. Like, you know, basically, like, I'm kind of, I am your father. Oh, yeah, almost, he does say you know? that. And that's yeah. when Arnold chops his head off and then unceremoniously just throws it down the stairs. And I like how all the cult members are like, well, gotta go. Yeah. <laughs> they, all just, they all just kind of, like, like, leave and disperse. Well, this cult's done. I guess we'll go find a new one. <laughs> and then there's, like, a, uh, a wrap-up paragraph where the wizard does voiceover, and behind it is a shot of an older-looking Arnold on the throne, the King Conan, as you talked about. And I feel like, maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like the paragraph said, like, um, and maybe I miss, you know, it's the first time I've seen it, maybe I miss it, but I feel like the paragraph, they're talking about how he, like, did all this, and he made himself a king, and the, the paragraph read on the screen, it was like, that's a story for another time. But, like, yeah. when he did the voiceover, he said, like, that's a story we'll tell soon, or something like that, where it was like, I don't know, I feel like it didn't match for another up. time. For another time. Yeah. He said for another time. I feel like... Because like, was signed to do multiple Conan movies. Okay. I just feel like, what I'm trying to say is, and this is neither here nor there, I'm feeling... It feels like what he said didn't match up with what was on the screen in the paragraph. That's all I'm saying. I'd have to go oh, back a little bit. Yeah, maybe. So it, it, it's neither here nor there, and it doesn't matter. But um, and then we, we've reached the end of Conan the Barbarian, and that's 1982. And then the sequel comes out in 1984, I believe. Yeah. Conan yeah. the Destroyer. Yeah. Is it worth watching? It's worth watching. Yeah. It's fun. It's a different. If you want to see him mess up, um, uh, uh which Wilt Chamberlain. Um, a heavily made, like heavily made up monster, Andre the Giant. Yep. Um, Grace Jones is in it. Yep. Um, it's it, more, uh, yeah, it's 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 a fun movie. It's, it's, it's insane that it's PG because he literally cut. It's almost as violent as this. Just doesn't have any of the nudity. It's more of a more of like an adventure movie than this is. Like, there's a lot yeah. more. There's a lot more going on action wise. Yeah. What about what about Red Sonia? Is, is no, is don't he, watch. That. I've never seen. Is that. he is he in Red Sonia? Though? He is, but he's not playing Conan. And also, Sandal Bergman's in Red Sonia, not playing Valeria. Basically, Arnold. It was it was again. It was going to be a Conan sequel, but Arnold's like, I don't really want to do it, and they're like, you have to do it. And he's like, okay, but can I like you know? He managed to become a lesser character. And they're like, well, if his Conan's not the main character, then you're not playing Conan. You know. <laughs> Oh, what about, uh, did you ever see the, uh, the remake they made? Was it, uh, Momoa? Was he? Yeah, was it was Jason the... Momoa. I didn't see it. Was he? Oh, okay. He was the, he, I, I never saw that one either. Uh, Dave, did you see that one? I, I'm sorry, which one? The, the Jason Momoa one? Yes, I did. It, it was, the beginning was good, but it, it fell apart in the end. Hmm. Um... Yeah, so that's the end of Conan the Barbarian. Uh, what else do you guys want to bring up about the the making behind the scenes? What what have we mentioned that you want to talk about? Uh, I don't know. We covered a lot of it during during the the plot. Um, he was definitely he was signed on to do I think five movies, and um, I think he's still technically signed on to do five movies. Uh, yeah. <laughs> But, you know, obviously he did two of them. And then I don't know if Red Sonia counts as one. Um, it did. It did. Yeah. And then they ended up doing Call the Conqueror after that. Um, but uh, I don't know. We covered a lot of it. There's really 
You don't, you don't have any role reversals other than the Woody Allen one we talked about? Yeah. <laughs> uh, th- I mean, there's a bit. It's not a ton of stuff. Where do, where do I have it? Right. Uh, where'd it go? Where'd it go? It's in my notes. Where is it? In my notes. You know what? It doesn't matter. It's going to be Schwarzenegger. It was always going to be Schwarzenegger. That's it. That's all you need to know. Gotcha. I'm surprised, it, it's, uh, and maybe there's a story to this, but I feel like James Earl Jones is kind of an interesting choice for the uh, well, villain. In he this. was he was he was doing a play at the time, and they asked him to to do the movie, and he was doing that play, and he didn't really want to do the movie, but they kept asking him, and eventually the production it took so long to get production underway that he became free, and um, Schwarzenegger convinced him, and then. James Earl Jones and Max von Sydow actually gave Schwarzenegger um, acting lessons during the movie, and in turn, he helped them stay in shape for the movie. So, <laughs> like, they traded off crafts. Um, like, and I do feel like, I mean, I know, obviously it's not terrible, but I do feel like his his English and stuff, but I feel like he, he doesn't have a ton of, like, lines in this movie. Like, no. no, he doesn't speak until, like, 25 minutes into the movie. Right. Yeah, he doesn't say stuff for a while, but he, you know, he... You know, I, I didn't think it was bad. I was, I, you know, it wasn't, I, and I, I mean, obviously, you know, it's heavily accented, but I, like, I didn't have any trouble understanding him or anything in this movie for that early on in his career, I guess. No. Was he done uh, being a bodybuilder at this time in his life? He was, but then he went back to it. Right. Like, because he got into such good shape for the movie, he decided to go back to it, and he ended up winning, but that win was kind of controversial. It's like, he won because he was a star, you know? Oh. I thought, he, he things, won, yeah. I thought he won because he was on steroids. <laughs> I well, mean, it that. could have been that too. They weren't technically <laughs> illegal then. Um, they were not. No. But yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, I think we cover this thing pretty well. Yeah, I think so. Uh, right. We gonna rate it? Then? We're, gonna, we're gonna rate it. Yeah, we'll rate it, and then I got some other stuff to wrap up with. Okay. Here we go. Let's let's uh, hit the button. All right, Dave. Do you want to go first, or have one of us go first? Yeah, I think it's pretty. I think it's pretty simple for me. I'm going five machine guns. You know, I love the movie. <laughs> okay. Wow. No, no muss, no fuss. Just five nope. machine guns. Uh, why don't you go, LBJ? Sure. I, I need. I need maybe a more tempered opinion. Yeah. Um, I like this movie. I enjoyed it. Uh, it, it felt a little long. Um, it's not. You know. M- Minutes wise, it doesn't seem like it's long, but parts of it sort of dragged a little bit. It's about 129 minutes. Um, it's a little over two hours. And there's definitely parts of it that don't really make a whole lot of sense. Not that it really needed to, though, because, you know, it's just a fantasy movie. And ultimately, you kind of, whether it made sense or not, you were always going to the same place anyway. It was always going to end up a fight, you know a fight at the end between false of dooms guys and Schwarzenegger and his crew, like, like how they got there didn't really matter. You, you knew where it was going. There was really no, no ambiguity as far as that part goes. Um, the witch seeds a little strange. Like it doesn't really make any sense. Uh, I mean, I'm not even worried about it. Not making sense. Why is like there? Like, I don't know why it's there. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of the thing. Uh, but overall, you know, it, it looks cool. It's as far as like, as far as look and feel goes, it feels, you know, I guess authentic maybe not be the right word, but it doesn't feel cheap. Like, it doesn't feel like a cheap movie. It looks like they got as much out of this budget as they absolutely could. Um, 
the acting is fine in it. I don't have any problem with the acting. I thought James Earl Jones was actually really good in it. Uh, same thing with Max von Sydow. They're both, you know, pulling their weight. Schwarzenegger wasn't bad either. For the limited dialogue he has, he he had to do a lot of acting just, you know, with his face and with his his actions. And I think he did a good job. Um, the special effects absolutely hold up. The blood's a little silly. You know, it's a little little too red. But that's just, you know, that's just stage blood. Um, overall, I enjoy this movie. I, I don't have any problem watching it. I would absolutely watch it again. I would recommend people watch it. Uh, it's absolutely a Schwarzenegger classic. And I would say kind of an underrated action movie. Not that there's a whole lot of action, but it's kind of one of those underrated movies that certainly fits in the category of action, but may not have the most action in it. Um, I'm going to go, I'll go four machine guns with it. Wow. Okay. Uh, I guess that leaves me. Maybe I should have went first. Um, I didn't, like I said, this is my first time watching this movie. Um, I, I can't say that I loved it. Um, I, I did appreciate it though. Like I didn't hate it. Um, I, I liked, uh, I liked the score a lot. I liked the performances and I, and I did, you know, I don't know. Like I, I feel a lot of this movie was just people kind of like running places or riding horses places, or I feel like there were a lot of long shots of like Arnold and his buddy just like running and running and running. And it's like, okay, I, I, I get it to a certain point. Um, I kind of would have liked more. And, and I guess I get it. It's Arnold versus James Earl Jones, but I kind of would have wished for a more like of a conversation between them, you know, but I also kind of like that. He just cuts its head off and throws it down the stairs. And I literally laugh for 10 minutes when you turned into a giant snake and then it didn't go anywhere. Um, but I, I, I don't know, maybe cause I, this is my first time viewing it. Um, I, I just don't have as much like nostalgia for it, but I'll, I'll still give it three machine guns. I still, you know, I still respect it for what it is. And I think it's a good Arnold movie. Uh, and it, I'll be honest with you. It made me interested to watch the second, one um I, i'm sure i will watch it at some point i don't know if we'll do it on the podcast but i'll definitely plan on watching it now so i'll go with three all right that's fair uh dave anything you want to plug uh no no i'm good uh for i'm for now although you know i mean i think you know the um guys from you know who won't come on the podcast and talk about video games are still cowards you know <laughs> that's right we, we, te- that- we technically buried the hatch with them have yeah, you we- okay yeah, we put that. Uh, put that we put that uh, beef. Yeah, we put that beef to uh, to rest. Okay. Yes. Well, I won't bring it up then. That's all right. Anymore. <laughs> uh, What's well, up? We appreciate you having our back, though. Yes, it's true. Now, uh, so, so like we said at the top of the show, obviously this is our our two hundredth episode. Um, I have a few, just a few facts about the last two hundred episodes that we've done here. So this includes this episode as well. Uh, which actor do you think we've done the most movies for? Where he's the main actor, or in the movie? Jean Claude Jean Claude Van Damme. Incorrect. Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's Schwarzenegger. Ah, it's got to be close though. Arnold. We've done twelve Arnold movies. Next on the list is Stallone with ten movies. Okay. Third is JCVD. Fourth with eight movies. You're going to be surprised by this one. Take a guess who fourth might be. With eight movies. And I'll Same tell you this. Jack. I'll tell you this. The eight movies that we've done from him were in the last 100 movies. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I got nothing. I really, my brain is Ready? fried on this. Jason yeah. Statham. 
Oh, nice. Uh-huh. I would do I would do a Jason Satham movie once every month. Sure. I would say we run out of them, but I feel like he makes a lot of uh, ones I've never seen. He does. He sure. makes a ton of movies. Uh, then uh, next we've got uh, Bruce Willis with seven, Keanu with six. Uh, Wesley Snipes had four movies in there. Nicolas Cage, we did five Nicolas Cage movies. Um, we've got four Kurt Russell movies. Um, nice. Uh, how many how many Bond movies, not including the roundtables, have we done? Uh, hold on, I should be able to get that one right. We've done. <laughs> uh, I think it's like eight or nine. Seven. <laughs> seven. I didn't in- know there was. Including seven, including Never Say Never Again. Ah, nine if we do the roundtables, right? Ah, well, uh, okay. here, here's one that'll blow your mind. Okay. How many comic book or superhero related movies have we done? Well, I'm not going to try and count them in my head. I'm going to say you won't be able to. Uh, twenty. Okay, Dave, what do you think? Ah, uh, fifteen. 32. <laughs> We've done 32 I, movies that are either comic book or straight up superhero movies. Well, I could see that. We've done a lot of Marvel. We've done a lot of Batman, but we also do random stuff like Dick Tracy and Spawn yep. and Teenage Mutant Ninja yeah. Turtles. And yeah, yep. that makes sense. All right. So I, I looked at all the dates. So all the, I looked at every movie on the list and I compiled how many movie we, movies we've done for each date. So from, 19 I'll do because this is consecutive from 1978 until 2021 we haven't done any movies in 20 in this year for me this year yet so I'm not going to count this year but from 1978 to 2021 how many dates have we not done a movie for oh, man so how many like years how many years that we have not, how many years uh, have we not done a movie for see I uh, I'm gonna say like I think it's more than I probably think. I'm going to say like five years we haven't okay. done movies from. Any idea, Dave? I don't know. It's only one. <laughs> oh, the now old, we got to. We got done now one. We got to do a movie. There's one year. year we have not done a movie for, and that's 1980. Oh man, that's we got to do only a... year. Wow, we 100 percent got to do a 1980 movie now. Mm-hmm. What year do you think we've done the most movies for? I think it's, I, I mean, I, I could, I know it's one of like two, but I'm going to say 1993. Cause I know that that's a big one. It's either that or 91. I'm going to say like 95. 1990. We've done 12 movies <laughs> for 1990, 11 movies for 93, 10 movies for 91. So that stretch right there. And then the next after that is eight for nineteen ninety-five. Yeah, well, we've talked about oh, many times of this. And oh, go I didn't realize this. We've done eight movies in two thousand three also. Huh. Well, we've talked about this before though. Like eighty nine to like ninety three, ninety four is just kind of like our real like movie wheelhouse where they were really impressionable on it. So it makes sense that we would do a lot of movies in that era, so yeah, so so if that's kind of our wheelhouse. Like we've done, the, really, the bulk of the movies we've done is from 1985 until 90, 98. We'll I'll say 
that's where the, really the bulk of our of our movies have come from. Um, but we've we've that's done a surprising amount in like of in the past decade. We've done a fair amount. Like yeah. I was surprised yeah. to find out we did one for every year. In the, yeah, in the I'm, I'm surprised. I thought there would be a few that we had missed as well, but yeah, that's crazy not. that it's only one. Yeah, well, we got to find a 1980 action movie to do for sure now. Yeah, oh, well, I'm sure we can find something. Um, you could do Empire. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we've had also a lot of guests on the show over the past 200 episodes. Uh, I didn't get a chance to pull. I ran out of time. I was trying to pull all these up. Um, we've had at least... 50 different guests on the show. Wow. 50 different people. Um, and I haven't been able to find the, the, the exact number, but as of right now, either Craig or Chops have been on the most as a guest. Um, although Dave, you're close behind now. Like you've, I feel like, yeah, he's been, he's been catching up within the last like hundred episodes. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll get up there. Now who has canceled the most? <laughs> Craig and Chops have each been on around 10 times. I feel like Jody's been on a decent amount. Jody's too, been so. on a fair amount. Jody, I have uh, Jody's been on like like five or six times, um, but really, Chops and Craig are the ones that show up most. Um, as far as the episodes that we've all done, I didn't get a chance to collect to to figure out exactly that. Um, I know we've at this point done um, almost more episodes virtually than we have done in person that that sounds about right we're, we're, pretty, I, we're getting I, pretty close i i think i think it would almost be more because i feel like i remember recording episode 100 which was uh predator yeah we did that virtually so at least so i feel like did we? I feel like it might be. Uh, yeah, I. Okay, yeah. So then, right. So then, right now, I feel like it's a little shifted because I think we might have done a couple episodes prior to 100 when we uh, 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 virtually. So I think maybe we've done more virtually than live. Yeah, I think maybe this. Uh, yeah, I think you're probably right. At this point, we've done more virtually. Um, yeah, that that would make sense. Um, I know hey, you've been on more episodes than Sphinx now at this point, obviously. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I've been on since I think it's like episode thirty-five or something. Yeah, since 30, yeah. That, that's it. Right, so, right around then. And I've only missed like three since then. So. Yep. And I think and I've since. only missed. <laughs> <laughs> I've only missed I think five episodes total. So that that, that could be right. Yeah, yeah. I think five is the I number. Think, yeah. I think five is how many I missed. Because um, there was one day where I couldn't make the first episode when I made the second episode, and then I missed two other recording sessions beyond that. Um, yeah. So, so that those are kind of the numbers that I pulled. Um, any other weird facts you guys have thought of or pulled? Well, one thing I wanted to do real quick, and I did this when we did episode 150. So I just I have it pulled up here. I just want to run through, uh, and and I will stop and say something about all of them. But I want to run through the movies that we've done from 150 to 200. Okay, just because I it's always fun to go back yep, through, and I, I always agree. forget some of them. So 150 was Die Hard with the Vengeance. Sure. Uh, Tush, I believe you were on that episode, and that was. was that was about a year ago. So it's like it was August yeah. 2nd that episode came out. So since then we've done Gunpowder Milkshake, Kickboxer, Bad Boys 2, Matrix Reloaded, Predator 2, Demolition Man, The Expendables, Beverly Hills Cop 2, From Ooh. Dust Till Dawn, Hot Shots Part 2, Tremors, uh, Honor Majesty's Secret Service. Rambo First Blood Part 2, Cobra, Red Notice, Transporter 2, Spider-Man Far From Home, Batman Returns, Tombstone, The Warriors, 
48 Hours, Free Jack, Eraser, Snowpiercer, uh, Escape Plan, Remo Williams, The Adventure Begins, Batman Begins, Action Jackson, Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl, Double Impact, uh, Never Say Never Again, The Meg, Hudson Hawk, The A-Team, Triple X, Beverly Hills Cop 3, Pacific Rim, Equilibrium, Street Fighter, Double Dragon, Super Mario Brothers, Resident Evil, Independence Day, uh, Gladiator, Minority Report, Armageddon, and Snakes on a Plane. So... That's a pretty good. That's a that's a pretty solid fifty movies. Yeah, I mean, you could tell we finished off the year of the sequel. Yeah. Uh, there's the the video game month and action movie month are in there. So um, yeah, it's always it's always fun to go back through them like that just to be like, oh crap, like I forgot some of the movies we did because it, like I said, it's been a year. So yeah, when I was going through the list looking at the years, I was like, man, I don't remember half of these movies. Like did covering them. Oh, yeah, I'm sure if I went back further, I really would. I, I, I tend to try and flush them out of my brain. I mean, like, if it's a good movie, I remember it, but a lot of the facts and stuff I have to kind of sure. just completely flush in order to make room for uh, the next one. So, <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, But, you know, 200 episodes is, is a long time to be on. We don't have any plans on stopping anytime soon, at least not till we get to 270. Yeah, 270 is the bare minimum. So right. we, we at least have another year and change of this yeah <laughs> podcast we at least so. gotta we at least gotta be more than uh, legend of retro um but uh, you know i i just want to say thank you to everyone who's taken any time to to listen to us or comment on facebook or instagram or twitter or or, or and especially the people who comment to us on discord um like i like i've been saying we get people that pop in all the time that they're just finding the podcast and 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 listening to the episodes and bringing up things that we had forgotten about and that we we enjoy talking about. So thank you to everybody who's ever um, you know taking any time with us. We appreciate it. Uh, thank you to uh, to Gamezilla Media for hosting us. Um, you know I, I was kind of there at the beginning when it started, um, sort of helping out in the background, putting up blogs and and sort of handling some of the you know promotion of the of the of the the network when it first started um but when i said i wanted to start my own podcast grim didn't blink an eye he's like yeah absolutely go right ahead i'll set everything up for you so thanks to grim for setting up setting us up on the website our rss feed getting us on on all those other outlets on amazon on uh i'm sorry on itunes on stitcher on spotify he's the one who set all the stuff up for me um, so I really appreciate that. Uh, he's also currently the person paying for all this. So thank you again to Jay, to, to Grim. We appreciate that. Um, so yeah, the, you know, we don't, yes, we record the episodes. Yes. I, I, I edit them and post them, but it, none of that stuff happens without the backing of GameZilla Media to sort of, um, help provide us the platform to release these episodes. So huge thanks to Grim and to Jade who, Jade's actually the one who pays for all of it, but Grim and Jade, thank you so much. Um, thank you to all the guests who've ever been on. Uh, we really appreciate it. Um, any, anybody you guys want to, Joe, you want to mention? I mean, I mean, I think you did a good job covering it. I mean, I, I, I th- it's, you know, I, mean, we've talked about this before. It's, you know, kind of crazy. I mean, 200 episodes is a lot. And, you know, and now I've been on for like 
135 and you know as a fill-in didn't think that i was <laughs> didn't plan on doing this many episodes but you kind of got me in your death grip and wouldn't let me go but i'm you know i'm glad you did because it's been you know it's fun you know it's like we said before it's something we do with dave with jody whatever sit around and talk about movies but to be able to do it and you know have the format and I, it's very gratifying and humbling, as we said before, that people listen to the podcast and we get feedback and people are excited to listen to the new episodes. And that's not something that I ever imagined happening. You know, it's always we do these and I'm always like, oh, yeah, like for the longest time, it was like, oh, we make this and maybe like a couple of our friends listen to it. But now to know that there's people that like we don't know, we've never met, but they're like, oh, I'm going to listen to this and then talk to us about it. It's very, it, it, it's, it's amazing. And it's, you know, it's one of the reasons why we keep doing it because, you know, even when the podcast is done, we're still going to sit around and talk about movies. But um, yeah. And like you said, just thanks to anyone who's ever been on, listened, you know, commented, you know, listened to us in real life, talk about movies, any of this stuff, just thank you for the support. I mean, it means a lot. It's why we're, you know, we keep doing this, you know, uh, to a certain extent. Yep. And, you know, we would be remiss if we didn't thank Sphinx also, you know, he, yeah. he helped start the podcast with me um, and was obviously the original co-host with me. Uh, he had to take a bit of a backseat just because of his personal life and, and, and sort of uh, his priorities had to shift a bit with his work schedule and with his home schedule. Um, so he can only be on, you know, occasionally. Uh, but, but thanks to Sphinx. I mean, without him, we, the, the, podcast wouldn't have gotten going it would have just been me sitting in uh in a room by myself talking and and that'd be no <laughs> fun because i take terrible notes and your uh your 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 plot summaries would be uh five sentences and then the <laughs> podcast would be 20 minutes at best so yeah. so that's yeah. this thing so- you kind of set the bar sometimes i think you trick me into being on the podcast just because i had to do like the, all the plot summaries and all these numbers. I think you tricked me into just doing a lot of the grunt work. You know, I'm never going to deny that. Or, <laughs> you know, I, listen, like, I, I, I strong armed you, and uh, that's just sort of the result of it. That's true. Yep. Um, yeah. But no, yeah, I mean, like I said, you summed it up, and we're just grateful to everyone. And, you know, I don't know. Uh, I think the best thing about, you know, like, uh, I don't know. I, I It's kind of weird to think that, like, if things in the world hadn't changed and, like, if we weren't doing this remote, like, would we still be doing this podcast? I don't know. Like, maybe I don't not. Think we would. Like, I, I think if I don't we think didn't we go remote, we'd be able to. Yeah. Well, I certainly wouldn't have been on it because there's so much dander <laughs> in the yeah. studio. So it's true. We were able to have uh, Dave on the show because of it. So, um, and I think it's really kind of extended the the uh the life of the podcast so um but yeah like i said we don't have any immediate plans to to stop in the future so i mean this isn't like hey peace out uh but you know uh who knows 270 for sure yep definitely 270 unless something happens unless something drastically happens to one of us 270 for sure that's true but if something happens to me i'm gonna have a in my will that uh tush has to take over no podcast. Ends. I like it. <laughs> get to two seventy. <laughs> yeah. No. Nope. Like you don't Sorry. get any of my stuff, but you are taking my podcast spot. All right. Well, I don't know. I'd say we're pretty good. What do you What do you guys think? Yeah, I think I think we're good. Yeah, I right. think so. Well, in that case, um, you know, this episode of the Last Action Podcast, episode two hundred, has been terminated. But. We'll be back at least for 70 more episodes.